is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie A. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies and overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the secret that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader will teach us the value of taking control of your life, one snap at a time. Andy Matthews is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show six starts now. Welcome to the program, Andy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you actually flew back to Indianapolis just for me. Well, you know, (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) You are awesome. Oh my gosh, so what I usually do with the show is I start off by kind of taking us back to how we met. Sure, sounds great. And I think it's great because you've lived in Franklin most of your life. Mm -hmm. I've lived in Greenwood and Southport area. And I didn't know you until just four or five years ago. Right. So uh, take us back. How'd that happen? Yeah. So I was working with the Indianapolis Symphony and your lovely nephew, Ben Crawford, um, for the Yuletide celebration. And you all came in to do some recording for um, an audition he had. And I was working to help him on that. And we met and hit it off and stayed in touch and... There, there we are. Here the, we are today. Amazing <laughs> journey, too. And you think about the symphony, you know, orchestra and all the things that you do there and you perform mm-hmm. with them. And uh, and so your life has been about just inspiring and, and encouraging. And, you know, musically, you're so talented. Oh, thank you very and, much. Oh, my gosh. And the things that you've done and achieved. Um, I, I really wanted you to be on this show because you, when I met you initially, right, there's this spark. There's this connection. And I thought, wow, I want to keep connected to you and keep watching you grow and change. And and part of what I realized is you took a big leap mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And as I was putting this show together, I thought, people really need to hear about Andy's experience because, you know, we all deal with these fears. Absolutely. And every single day we get up and we may be challenged with a new fear. And, and you've kind of taken that on as a challenge, which is what I love. I kind of look at life through that, that glass the same. And it's really important for people to be, you know, listening to others that, that go through this. So when you, um, when you decided to leave Indianapolis mm-hmm. and you decided to kind of take this new change, what happened? What were your thoughts when you had the opportunity? And then talk about what you went through. Sure. So I decided to move to San Diego um, almost, I guess it's been about two years since I decided to move. I didn't actually get to move until eight months after that because I still had a lease to finish out. But um, I just kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels here in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. I knew all the right connections but wasn't getting as much work as I had hoped for. And I just kind of felt... um, that scripture kept coming to mind that a prophet can't be a prophet in his hometown. He's got to go somewhere else and make a name for himself first, and then they'll listen. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of um, prayed about where I should go, and I um, ended up visiting a friend in Anaheim uh, who I had not seen in about 10 years, and he took me down to San Diego, and while we were there, he was like, you know, you're always happy, but you just seem at peace here. You should keep that in mind. And I thought, oh, okay. So then (laughs) I was flying to Phoenix before I flew back to Indianapolis. And I thought, well, I haven't been on vacation in five years either. Let's see if it's just that. Mm -hmm. And I flew to Phoenix and I saw my friends. But other than seeing my friends, 
I just wasn't as excited about Phoenix as I was about San Diego. And then when I flew into Indianapolis, it didn't feel like home anymore. Oh, wow. And I was like, ooh, I think I got my answer. And I had been praying about moving for three years with my parents. They knew that I was um, looking at that. Um, and so when I came home, I said, hey, can I come down to talk to you guys about something? They're like, yeah. And I, I walked in and dad goes, yeah, we know you're moving to California. <laughs> and I said, wow. wait, how did you know I haven't said anything? He said, we could tell by the pictures you posted that you had found your home. Wow. So it was great. They supported me. Um, it was very scary. Mm-hmm. I went out there without a place to live, without a job lined up. I just knew I had to go and, you know, I could wait for everything to be perfect mm-hmm. in our eyes, you know, like that whole setup, or I could just go and do it and. The great thing is, you know, you go, and if it doesn't work, you can always come back. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I just told myself. I was like, I can come back if I need to. I'm not going to need to. So I was just determined. (laughs) Yeah, so that helped you kind of calm into it, though, knowing that, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to take this risk. Absolutely. And and we'll just see how it it goes out. But your intention was, let's try it. Absolutely. You've got to try it, and you've got to trust yourself that you can do it. I think that was one of the biggest things I've learned through this process is, how strong and how capable I am on my own. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I didn't have a lot of people supporting me and backing me, because I certainly did. But when I moved out there, I only knew two people, and I only knew one of them kind of well, <laughs> and the other one decently well, but I didn't know anyone else. <laughs> so wow. it was a really a big jump of like doing it on my own. And yeah. that was a really important step in me growing as a leader and in my own self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So as you, and I've watched you the last few months, you know, and you've been posting things about the, the new things that you're doing. So yeah. I want to get into that in a little bit. Sure. But, um, so you, you learned a big lesson, right? About yourself. Mm-hmm. And had you experienced anything like that before you moved? Um, I I think I've experienced lots of lessons over life. I, I'm a, a lifelong learner, um, although I wasn't really great in school. So I, I think that's important to emphasize because school is important and education is very important. But for those of us who struggle with school, it doesn't mean we, can st- we can't stop learning. You know, we have to keep learning. And I think it's wonderful to... I learn better in like a li- in a live situation when things are mm-hmm. happening. Um, so I've, I think I've learned lessons my whole life. I don't think, though, that I had learned about my own strength as much as I did when I really pulled away my comfort zone. I had lived here my entire life, so 32 years in Indianapolis with my grandparents, my parents, aunts and uncles, and I had made all kinds of friends in that time. So I had a huge circle mm-hmm. um, that I could call on. And so then when I had to move somewhere where I literally had – two people who graciously stood in for a while. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's when I learned my own strength. So I think that was kind of Mm -hmm. the best lesson that I learned at that point. Mm -hmm. And we talk about these people that support us, right? The environment and um, some people call them board of directors. Some people just call them friends, Mm -hmm. right? But mentors, Mm -hmm. who has been your mentor consistently through your life? Oh, my mother. She is just a brilliant mentor too. (laughs) Um, She has supported um, each of us kids. So I'm the oldest of 10 children, as you know, but Mm -hmm. she has been able to individually support each of us in such a beautiful way. Um, Always believed in our dreams, always got behind whatever we wanted to do as long as it was safe, you know, (laughs) but um, even when it was risky though, she was right behind me, you know, saying, you know, of course I'll miss you if you go to San Diego, but I know you have to do this for you. And I'm, so I'm going to support you. Um, so I, th- I think that's wonderful. She's constantly, I talk to her 
almost every single day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, here's what's coming. And she can direct me and it's, it's great. Um, you know, or she'll actually a lot of times even end up just listening and let me direct myself through talking it out with her. So, mm-hmm. but that's so great because your mom's such an inspiration absolutely, and a leader, Oh, right. Because a lot of parents, big, big families, it's hard to say, I'm going to let my kids go. Mm-hmm. You want to manage, you know, that process because then you're empty, right? That's why they call it empty nesters. Yeah. <laughs> but your mom can now appreciate you living your life, you living mm-hmm. that inspired life and helping others. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about, I've seen you've been now teaching voice lessons. Yeah. And so that's always been something that I thought, wow, I wonder if he'll ever do that. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about that, how you set that up and... Yeah, so I've taught lessons off and on for um, 15 years now. Um, But what I was really excited about starting in San Diego was kind of my own studio idea, so where I was really focused in on making this my full-time work. Um, So I started about six months ago. I left the full-time job I had in uh, working for a real estate office, and I was just... I was just unhappy because it wasn't, I knew I did not move to another city to do something that was outside of music. So um, I, I had to get back to it for myself. And so I work as a director of music for a church and part of their package to me was that I could use the space to teach lessons. So, um, so I don't have to pay overhead at this point, which is great, but I've been able to um, accrue 22 students in a short amount of time. Wow. And so that's been wonderful. Um, it's just been a lot of fun and now I've got people who are working on marketing for me and people who are building websites for me and um, the word of mouth has been so generous. My students are very kind in there um, in the ways that they describe what I do and mm-hmm. and you can see their faces light up when they talk about it, which just brings me so much joy. Absolutely. And I love getting to do this. Wow, you're just living into your dream. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just been so much fun and and. You know, what's great about teaching these kind of lessons is music is so personal, especially for vocalists, right? Our instrument is comes from within us. So um, often I end up doing life coaching skills and all of that in the lessons, which I think feeds all parts of me, that, that desire to help others to be stronger and feel better about themselves and to help them improve in a, in a skill set that they are excited about. So it's fun. I, I often tease them that I should charge a little more since it's like sometimes a therapy session. As exactly. well. <laughs> but I, I love it. It's just wonderful. Well, you um, so as we were talking about this interview, you told me about a book mm-hmm. and it's called The Road Back to You. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I picked it up and I got the study guide and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I can't wait to talk to you about this. Yeah. Because as I've been going through my personal growth journey, you know, we've kind of connected on that. Absolutely. And so this has been amazing to read. And um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm kind of a guru with numerology. I love to kind of study that. So as I started to read this book, and it says, what's your number, right? And Mm -hmm. it really describes you and your personality style. But as I introduced you for the show, it's about SNAP. And Mm -hmm. this is this acronym that this book is designed around. So I love it because it brings in leadership principles of really stopping, asking, noticing, Right. And then and then pivoting. Mm-hmm. So trying to change and and realizing what you're doing and reflecting on that. Um, it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the journey is just amazing to read this. So um, how do how do you 
you like work those principles into your life every day? How do you teach that? Yeah, so I think it's really wonderful. Um, so the book is about the Enneagram, which is um, an ancient uh, personality test kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there are nine different types on the Enneagram. And I happen to fall in type two, which is the helper. And so the great Not thing, <laughs> that's what everyone <laughs> says. It's almost like, oh, pegged you for that a long time ago. Uh, and so the beautiful thing about that is it, it's, it's uh, for me, is that I love to make people feel comfortable and welcome. And I'm like the first person that a lot of people think to call on when they're in a time of need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. But the, the downside to the twos is that we are also um, not as good at taking care of ourselves. And so for me, that's when I have to start um, thinking and using that SNAP analogy, Mm -hmm. uh, because acronym, I should say. Uh, But it is, uh, I now, after reading that book, understand how I behave when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things the book talks about with each number is how do we behave when we're healthy? How do we behave when we're feeling average? And how do we behave when we're under a lot of stress? And so now that I recognize the signs, as soon as I see them coming, I try to stop And get really honest with myself and just take two minutes and say, you know, why am I stressed right now? What is the truth behind that? So noticing, you know, what are the details? What's the actual truth? So, you know, so someone may say something to me and I, and I go off on them. Mm-hmm. It's probably not what they said, right? It's most likely something going on with me. So I go into that and then I ask those questions of, is this actually true? Like, what I'm believing right now, this narrative that I have playing in my mm-hmm. head, is it actually true or is it just this mean narrative that I would never say to anyone else? And if it's that, then you definitely stop and you have to pivot and say no. Um, and one of the best things I think I've learned is taking it from either or to both and. So I am afraid in this moment and I know that the truth about me is I am lovable, capable, strong, and able to do this work. Wow. So... That way you acknowledge the issue. So they talk about in acting class that the best way to play an emotion is to fight it. So if you if you need to cry on stage, you don't say, I'm going to cry. You say, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm really not going to cry. And it builds it. It gets stronger. So in our lives, the way we want to change that is instead of fighting what we feel, we need to acknowledge it and then accept it and then speak truth to it. Wow. So... If I'm starting to feel stressed, I need to say, okay, I feel stressed. Mm-hmm. It is okay that I feel stressed. And I have the coping techniques to move beyond this stress. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. So it's a psychology of training two-year-olds, right? Yeah. So <laughs> <Do it. laughs> no, you really don't want to go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. See, I have I have not read the whole book yet, but I, I really was so interested in you know how it said, you can't just assume that somebody is a certain number. Absolutely. Right? You have to really go through the process. Yeah. Um, because it is so personal. It is personal. And we don't see all the attributes of people. And the, and one thing that it talks about um, is going back to when you were 20, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what were you like then? Because that's what's inherent to you. Right. Um, and then, you know, as we grow and age, we, we hopefully develop um, new skills that help us to cope with some of those tendencies that we have and, and to do so in a healthy way and a loving way to ourselves and to others. Um, so I think um, being that I'm closer to 20 than some people that I'm reading it with, I'm having, I had a little easier time figuring out my number, but I see some people who really um, struggle because they're just, you know, that was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, I mean, 
I just remember feeling crazy maybe or something, yeah. but they, like, how do I <laughs> go back and really reinterpret? So it's, it's a fun process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a thought provoking process. Yeah. Um, it's a cringeworthy process at mm-hmm. times when you read that stressor and you're like, Oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, that's probably my number. That mm-hmm. one that really makes you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I read something in here and I was like, Oh, I'm all these great characteristics. And then when it goes to the other one, I'm like, I guess I really am like that, <laughs> but I don't know that that's my number. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to go through all the way through this because yeah. uh, I just got it. So um, I want to read a quote to you out of this book because sure. I really, I really like this one. It says, "The thing that is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself." Mm, yes. And I thought, gosh, I'm, I'm sure that that speaks to Andy because that's what you've been all about. You yeah. know, really finding your true purpose and how you can add value to the world and others. Absolutely. And you get, we create these narratives for ourselves where we start to believe that people expect us to be whatever, you know, like, Oh, if I can't sing every song perfectly, I should not work Mm -hmm. as a musician, as a, as a vocalist. I shouldn't work like that. Let me tell you, that's not true. (laughs) None of us sing it perfectly every time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just going to be that way. Um, Or, you know, well, I will be worthy when I lose 20 pounds, mm-hmm. when someone chooses me to be their mate, when I make this much money. No, the truth is we're worthy right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. That's an inherent thing for us. It's, you know, our worth is not defined by anything other than our being. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is all about your belief. Yeah. Right. And you have to change your narrative. And it's, it's hard, mm-hmm. painful work. But it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's having that support group, right? It's having that, that those right people around you to continually tell you that it's going to be okay. Absolutely. You're going through change. But I, it's something that we teach uh, is a lot, too, of up until now, mm-hmm. right? So yes. believing up until now, this is how it was. And now it's time to believe in yourself differently. Absolutely. So thinking about it, just tra- having those strategies, right, to say, it's okay if I have the support group, if I have the right thought process, if I can believe in myself, I can accomplish anything that's out in front of me. Absolutely. And it is so important to be very specific about who that support group is. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the people that you're talking to have earned the right to hear your story. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has, and not everybody will. I think that's so important. Um, You know, I've been really fortunate, and I have had amazing people here in Indianapolis as well, and I um, but I've been really intentional in San Diego because I had a chance to start fresh at, at um, 33 years old. And I, I've i been very intentional about who I surround myself with and who I let in. And it's changed me because before I just kind of told everyone. Mm-hmm. And that left me feeling very vulnerable and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, vulnerability is important and powerful, but I just felt like everyone knew everything and everyone had my baggage ready to throw back at me at a second's notice. That didn't give me confidence or strength. So now only the people that have earned that trust get that story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you sh- you know, Oprah and Brene Brown say you should maybe have one, two of those people. We're not right. looking at a large group of people. If you have more than that, you're very fortunate, but just be careful. Um, and so I think it's so important to really um, just take your time with that and let people earn that right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great um, bit of advice because it's hard. You know, we look at men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Mm-hmm. And so everybody tries to react differently in, in social groups and our culture. And 
if we can develop those relationships that are really key, and it may be a parent, it may be a friend, it may just be a mentor at work, Mm -hmm. right, that you've kept connected to throughout the years. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, so (laughs) just a couple years. (laughs) But but it does, um, it is important because as I go back and think, you know, as you say, what did you want to do when you were 20? Who were you when you were 20? And then what were you trying to achieve? And, and I go back also and think about personality testing. And we think about when we were five, you know, that, that kind of defines a lot of the hopes and aspirations that you could potentially reach in your character. So I want to ask you, as we're, we're talking about these trade-offs, and you've made a lot of trade-offs mm-hmm. in giving up what you knew to kind of become something different uh, what else would you say going into a new space in, in California? Have you had any big trade-offs that you can share with us? Yeah, I think um, the biggest trade-off is leaving my family yeah. for me. I mean, we are a very close-knit family. We have a lot of fun together. Um, we enjoy that time together, um, and we support each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the biggest trade-off, like leaving that family unit because, you know, we've been here for all the generations that I knew, which I was fortunate enough to know my great grandparents. And so they were here, my grandparents were here. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was a big trade-off, but they have been so wonderfully supportive that I, you know, I haven't felt, felt like I feel the loss of not being able to see them regularly, but I don't feel the loss of family because they're Mm -hmm. still there. We still talk on a regular basis. They still want to know what's happening in my life. And, you know, they're still very supportive and excited for me. Um, And there's FaceTime. FaceTime is a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing the technology that brings you right back to feel like you're at home. Exactly. I know you do that with your grandparents and your nieces, and it's great. Yeah. But but you think about that. I travel a lot, and, Mm -hmm. and I think... Gosh, it's great to be able to have the technology to connect us, you know, when we're feeling like we've given up a mm-hmm. lot and Absolutely. you need that s- same support system. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you you learn, though, I think it's important for everyone to take a season outside of your comfort zone. I think it just grows you so much. And I have a friend, and this actually, he, he told me this a few years before I actually moved, mm-hmm. but he said, if your dreams and goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. They're not big enough. That's right. And um, I remember thinking, wow, moving to San Diego terrifies me. Mm-hmm. However, staying in Indianapolis and spinning my wheels for longer terrifies me more. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it was like, okay, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to go to this place where I don't know anyone and I don't um, have anything lined up. (laughs) And I'm just going to trust that it's going to work out and stay as optimistic as I can. And I will say it wasn't easy. It took me, I I landed the job at the church the day after I arrived, Um, but it was part-time. So I didn't get full-time work for five months. So it was scrapping you know things together and the cost of living is a little different in (laughs) california than it is in indianapolis (laughs) it is and i was just so fortunate to run into the right people Mm -hmm. and some um people from the church housed me for a time um which i'm so grateful for because (laughs) it it would have been um it would have been a different story had that not been the case but it's amazing to me how when you have faith and you just go for it things just fall into place and maybe not in your timeline, right? It's not always comfortable or easy, but I would say that that uncomfortability 
is when we grow the most. So mm-hmm. it's, it's important to go through it. It is to stretch and change. Mm-hmm. And we, we sometimes talk about this theory of this rubber band, right? You stretch yourself because once you've changed, you can never go back to right. that same space. And so you appreciate that. I want you to talk about a person that you met last night on the plane. Oh, Muriel. <laughs> Muriel. I love this story. It was so great. So I uh, get on the plane, and I was flying southwest, and so they don't assign seats. Um, but the, the the flight was fairly open, uh, and uh, I just happened to see that there was, you know, she was by the window, and there was two seats. And I said, is anyone sitting here on the end? And she goes, well, I would love it if you would. And so I said, okay, I'll sit down. And she had, a um, like, a surgical mask kind of on, on her face. And she said, I'm, I want you to know I'm not contagious. I've just been... I'm having cancer treatment, so I'm uh, taking care of myself. And I said, absolutely, please do, you know, please do make sure you're healthy. That's super important. And she um, lives here in Indianapolis, but she was flying back from Kansas because that's where she was having treatment. Well, we ended up talking, you know, and she was just talking about how she was so grateful to God for extending her life because she's been battling this cancer since 2007. She was told then that it was terminal. So she's gotten 11 extra years, she Mm -hmm. likes to say. Um, And she's so excited about that. And the treatments have been doing good work for her. Um, But she really fought for her treatments because she's a small person and um, they were what they were going to give her. She's a she's a nurse, so nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "That dose will kill me. I weigh eighty pounds. Yeah. You can't do that." Um, so she just fought for her own her own health, and she's really fought for her for her faith and her spirituality. And I was so inspired by her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up talking the entire flight back, <laughs> and I loved it. And we talked about you know God's faithfulness and how our own faith journeys have been challenged and just how we also don't know how we would have gotten through this life without that faith because it's something to hold on to mm-hmm. and to challenge us to be better and we were able to be really honest about the times when we're like dude god where are you yeah, like, exactly. come on <laughs> what is going on uh but and then you come back to the you know to reality and and the great thing is that you can ask those questions without fear of judgment or um you know, being put out. So it, it was just a beautiful day. We ended up um, praying together at the, oh, the airport awesome. when we got back before we parted ways and we shared numbers and we're going to stay in touch. And, oh, that's wonderful. Um, so it was just a, you know, I wasn't expecting it. I had no clue who I was sitting down next to. And I'm so grateful that I did because now we, I have this new friend that I'm mm-hmm. excited to, you know, send encouraging things to and, and just share, share well, life with. Yeah. That's what leadership is all about. You know, taking the opportunity to be curious, to ask questions, to engage people. Absolutely. So it's part of our journey, mm-hmm. right? It is part of our journey to share that. And and I talk about, so thank you for sharing that because I know that's yeah. pretty personal, but yeah. that was a really neat story that I think, you know, a lot of us, when we're traveling, we get on a plane and it's, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not ready for this. I'm tired or weary, but you can be so lifted up by people mm-hmm. at the grocery store, at McDonald's on an airplane, anywhere that you go. Absolutely. And so we have to really intentionally think into how can we add value to people, right? I'm sure you've made her day, made her trip, thinking "Eh, somebody's probably going to be intimidated and they're going to just pass her by, Mm. right? But you took that time to really think into how can I lift her spirit today? Because that's who Andy is. (laughs) (laughs) That helper characteristic. It it is that helper characteristic. Um, I want you to talk about, you've had a lot of experiences, but when have you had the most pain or a bad experience that you've managed and it's, it's really, you know, 
taught you about everything that you've ex- gone through mm-hmm. today. But because um, a lot of people do that and they can get stuck. You know, they're like, oh, well, you're happy because things have gone great for you. And, you, you know, things have just kind of been put into place and you've got the right attitude. But Andy's not always happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, I am finally getting to be okay with that myself. <laughs> um, I always felt the pressure to always be happy. Gosh, there's been, you know, lots of experiences. I'm trying to think, probably since moving to San Diego, there was a point where I was literally on the brink of being homeless. And I thought, God, I feel like you called me out here. I left everybody I know and love to follow what I believed you were asking me to do. I'm not finding work. I'm going to be on the street in a week. I don't have food. I don't have money to get food. What the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. And why did I do this? You know, and I'm crying in my room and I'm feeling so much shame. Oh, I must have not heard God correctly. Oh, I must have, you know, been selfish and moved for my own sake instead Mm -hmm. of doing what I thought was right. And you know, it it broke me. It, It just made me feel so helpless and just kind of worthless for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had, I have this wonderful church family that I work with, um, a small little church of like 75, 80 people, but some of the most loving and insightful people. I mean, they're just really insightful Mm -hmm. about life. And, you know, I, I just asked one night at choir rehearsal, I said, you know, would you all just keep me in your prayers? I still haven't found a job. And at this point I'm going to be without a place to stay. And immediately a lady popped up, well, we're not going to let you stay on the streets. Somebody will pull you into their home. Mm -hmm. And that was the lady and her and her husband pulled me into their home for a little bit. And, you know, so it's not always been easy. I, I never expected for it to take five months to get a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, in Indiana, it (laughs) Six weeks and you're most likely able to get a job. You know, like five months was just outrageous. And then (laughs) I couldn't believe it. But then there were so many people with the similar story. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so you're not crazy. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, thank goodness I didn't give up then. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Because now my life is thriving more than it ever has been in a career way. I mean, I've been blessed with a wonderful life. But... um, There are definitely hardships. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think something to be very aware of for ourselves is, you know, social media plays such a a role in showing everyone's highlight reel. And it can be such a deadly comparison trap. I think you just have to be so careful. And when I see people having happy experiences, I go to it and I'm grateful for them. And I remind myself that I too get happy experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I saw a friend of mine sent me a quote the other day that says, your life is somebody's dream don't become ungrateful. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, how powerful, you know, it's so easy to see the dark side for ourselves of what, what is going on. You know, I don't make as much as I want. I don't have this or that I'm single or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that people are struggling with. And then, you know, somebody's looking at your life going, man, I wish I had that. I wish I lived in San Diego. I wish that I got to teach voice lessons. I wish that I made friends like Andy does. And I have to stop and be really grateful. I think it's so important to practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. So how do you reflect? How do you daily reflect? Do you have a journal? Do you, what do you do? I am not much of a journaler. I wish I was. Um, I have one. (laughs) (laughs) And then usually what happens is for like a few weeks, I'll be in it every day. And then a few months I won't be. And then I'll come back to it. Um, 
I've really, um, like I said, chosen the people that I'm surrounding myself with carefully, and they are beautiful mirrors for me. Mm-hmm. I know if I've treated them poorly for the day, I've not really succeeded mm-hmm. because, you know, they're the safe people to yeah. have your nasty moments with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had a few of those this week and I, I just went back and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you didn't deserve that. You didn't even do anything. And, you know, and, and, and the response was, you didn't, you weren't that bad. I, I you know, you're fine. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but I felt ugly, mm-hmm. right? And and it was, but but that friendship is safe. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can have that conversation there. So I, uh, you know, because usually if I don't know people as well, they get the the nice happy side. And I don't want to think, I, it's not inauthentic. I don't think that. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's just, you know, they just don't see as much. Right. It's just that protection. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But part of this, you know, in this book, when the SNAP acronym, yes. right? And we say stop. And part of that is really, uh, I mean, you're thinking into, you know, stopping and thinking about what could I do differently the next time yes. this happens so that I don't react the same way, right? Yes. We talked about that early on. And it's so important when people look at, when we say social media, I don't have that, or I wish I could go on that Disney vacation, mm-hmm. right? Our family can't do the, those things because mm-hmm. we just aren't able to. Absolutely. And not making yourself feel any different because maybe you think you have less value to the world. And and so it is about that belief and that strength in every day reflecting on, hey, I am, I am, yes. right? I am this, and this yes. is my journey. Yes. So that comparison thing is so important in social mm-hmm. media, just... It kind of blows that up, right? There's right. great things about technology, but there's also having that understanding that um, your life is your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> and, and you go back to the, I go back to the both and thing again. Mm-hmm. I am sad that I can't take that trip right now, and I am really grateful that this is hap- this and this and this is happening mm-hmm. in my life. That way, there is the acknowledgement of it. Because I, I think we have to be really honest with ourselves. If we push that down, we just bury it, and then it explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, you have to, you, it's okay to acknowledge and sit in your pain. One thing I told a friend a long time ago is, it's okay to not be okay. Right. And often we don't feel that way in our culture. Um, but I was like, it's absolutely important to sit in that for a minute. You know, we don't need to bog ourselves down with it, but we, we do need to sit in it, be honest with it, acknowledge it, accept it. Mm-hmm. And go back to a place of gratitude for what we do have. I have food on my table. I have a place to live. Mm-hmm. I have a car that gets me from point A to point B. You know, all these things. I have the opportunity to do with my life what I love the most. That's awesome. Yeah. So so I have to ask you, what's next? Well, um, there are some cool projects that are in the works. I can't give too much detail on those just <laughs> yet, unfortunately. But um, I am going to be possibly helping with a homeless choir that's been started oh. in San Diego. I am so wow. excited about this um, program. They have started this choir about a year ago, and they are they are um, helping give the homeless community literally a voice. And wow. in a year's time, they've been able to house, I think it was 25 people that did not have housing before. And they just did a documentary, and it's just blowing up, and I think it's so beautiful. That's amazing. Um, so I'm going to be meeting with them after I return um, just to see how I can help and what I can be a part of. So that is something I'm very excited for. I have some projects lined up um, 
with the San Diego Gaiman's Chorus and different singing groups. The church is getting, uh, the church has been offered the opportunity to maybe go sing in Ireland next summer. Wow. So I'm um, excited that our little choir is getting such a big <laughs> opportunity. Uh, you know, and, and, and those things have just come through networking and people, I think... And staying true to your value. Absolutely. Right? Saying this is exactly what my direction, you said specific, right? Specific absolutely. goals and making sure you focused on where you wanted to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you have to take time to be with yourself and really define those things. Um, you know, I know that my faith is, is integral to my life. I know that music is integral to my life. And I knew that I felt this strong pull to help the homeless community. And I'm going, okay, God, things are going really well, but I don't have millions of dollars to throw mm -hmm. at this, you know, to help. So, but that doesn't mean I can't do something. So how do I do something? And then boom, <laughs> I find out about this choir and that the fact that they might need some help, you know, with somebody who knows music. And I'm going, got it. That's the door that opened, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. And yeah. And I have no clue where we'll lead, but I'm so excited because I think this is my way of, of stepping into that community. Um, one of my friends and I um, found a list of questions. Uh, he found it online and and it was things you want to do in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so there were different questions that, you know, what food do you want to try that you've never tried? Where do you want to travel that yep. you've never traveled? What's a goal that you have? Um, and one of my goals was to befriend a homeless person and really learn more about the community and what, mm -hmm. what do they really need? I mean, it's, it's easy for us to throw money and material goods, which is helpful, but they still need community mm -hmm. um, and they still need support, right? None of us got where we are on our own, not a single person. That's so right. um, I've just felt really called to that. So this seems like the perfect way for me to step in and, and do my part. So I'm so excited for this That's opportunity. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to check back with you and see where this takes you next. Yeah, me too. Because you are on such a journey. Thank you. An amazing journey. So I have to ask you, you know, what, what book you're reading now besides besides this one? Yes. Are, is there a book that really calls you and and it and it's the leading book that you go to when you think when you want to think into something? Well, I'm reading I'm not all the way through it, but I started reading The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown and oh that woman to me is such a gift. I've watched so many videos of, of her, um, and she really talks about the shame narrative and owning into that and learning how to cycle out of it. Mm -hmm. um, talks about the power of vulnerability, and um, a lot of probably what you've heard me say today comes from her work, and I just, um, I'm in love with this book so far. I'm yeah. about halfway through, um, but it just really helps you to see yourself in such a kinder way. Mm -hmm. um, and be like, you know, because one of my shame narratives is Andy is so crazy that he can't be loved. Andy is so crazy that he can't be successful. And you go through and you read this, The Road Back to You, and then you read this, you know, Gifts of Imperfection, and you're going, oh, Andy's just human. Right, exactly. Oh, oh, thank goodness. You know, yeah. but you <laughs> you see your own, you know, darkness in such a way that it's, it's hard to, to always speak truth to that. And I think that's so... It's that kind book. of validating, you know, the books that Absolutely. you read, even if you just pick up what, whatever, mm -hmm. right, that looks good, that inspires you, but but it's going through that validation process that everybody is the same, but you have this unique spirit that you're supposed to be thriving for, Yes, right? And whatever those gifts that you have to the world, mm -hmm. tune into that. Absolutely. Right? And don't let anybody tell you that you're not good enough, that you can't do it, that 
you don't have enough money, you don't have enough time. Absolutely. You can always figure that out. We all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount I of time. I think that is such an important lesson to realize. It's what we do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things, I watched this um, YouTube video a while back of uh, an, an admiral from the Navy talking about if you want to have a successful life, start each day by making your bed yeah. because you've accomplished one task from the get-go and that task needs leads to the next task and the next task and then by the end of the day you've accomplished a lot Mm -hmm. and even if you've had a horrible day you come home to a made bed which gives you a promise of hope and I just thought okay that seems easy enough let me try it and so I do it now every single morning Mm -hmm. and it is amazing to me the confidence that that's built maybe just the knowing that I start my day getting something done Mm -hmm. so so that's how I've always lived my life. <laughs> so my cousins and my husband will tell you, like, that drives them nuts because I just do that. I think the purpose was when I was young, like, I want to accomplish something, Absolutely. right? And being an only child, I'm like, nobody told me to do that. Probably my mom. But, yeah. but you know, it just it is embedded in you. Like, get up and make the bed because then you can go on with your day and you don't have to worry about anything. Yes. But well, and for me, it's peaceful. It is. Like, when I come home to go to bed. I love bed, that you said that. <laughs> I don't get into this chaotic mess. My day may have been a chaotic mess, but the bed is pristine. So if we've done nothing else today, we've told people to make their bed when that's they get right. high. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, Andy, so I'm really connected to you through through song and music. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite Broadway production? Oh, gosh. That's hard. I like so much of it. (laughs) I know you do. One of my favorite songs is This Is The Moment from Jekyll and Hyde. And it just talks about being specific in in giving this moment the chance to be the moment of your strength. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, the first line, the first opening couple lines are, this is the moment, this is the day when I send all my doubts and demons on their way. And to me, like... That is a little bit of what moving to San Diego was for me, okay? I've doubted Andy for long enough. I've doubted my place in the world. I've doubted my ability for success. But today, I'm going to step into that fear, acknowledge it, accept it, and say, not today, Satan. It's my turn. That's awesome. (laughs) So I think that is one of my favorite go-to songs. Hmm. That's so great. And I think people think connect to music. And they connect to songs, and mm-hmm. sometimes the lyrics are about a relationship, mm-hmm. right? But but I really I want to use this to inspire people to connect really to those words that are going to take them on a journey. Absolutely. Uh, instead of the past, right? Mm-hmm. Think about songs that can lead you into your future. Sure. Yeah, and I think the combination of accepting and acknowledging your past is important, and then stepping into the the unknown and that fear. You know, I think that you cannot have success mm-hmm. without risk and without failure. That's right. So when you take the power of failure away, when you look at failure as just a turning point, a little peg in the pinball machine that shoots you a different direction, you become grateful for the moments that are not what you hoped they would be because they sent you on a new path that taught you something new about yourself, mm-hmm. about your skill set and where you should go. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so powerful when Failure is not the end-all, be-all of bad things when failure is just a marker that said, okay, that didn't work. 
as I tell my voice students all the time, it's about process and not perfection. If your voice cracks while we're trying this new thing, we'll try it a couple more times. If it cracks every time, that probably isn't going to work for you. Mm -hmm. But all that told us was, this doesn't work. We're going to try something new. That's right. So I think, um, I think that's a beautiful life lesson. Failure is not all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a process. You have to have failure oh, to succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, Andy, I just want to thank you for being on my show, on the podcast. This is an amazing journey just to be connected to you. If I hadn't have gone to the audition to kind of be a helper, I would have never met you um, and gotten so personal. We've we've also joined each other in California yeah, that's right. <laughs> to go see Ben. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that was intentional, right? Absolutely. It was so great to be able to keep connected to you. Absolutely. And I so appreciate you coming and, and sharing your lessons of leadership because well, I'm going to follow you and we're going to, you know, all the best to you and your, in your ventures you. in California. And thank you. Thank you for place, having me. Got a place to stay when we come. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And congratulations on all that's happening for you and this podcast. What a wonderful thing. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, here. absolutely. Much success. You too. <laughs> thank you for joining me this week on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You won't want to miss next week's show, which is show seven of 50 and 50. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders in Apple iTunes, or for Android in the Google Play Store, you can receive automatic notifications each week when my new shows release. Join me, Everyday Leaders Show 7 starts March 4th.